What's going on, everybody? This is Patriot Underground. I just wanted to let everybody out there know that unfortunately, Jim and I ran into some internet connection issues. He's been trying to get back logged on to the Zoom meeting now for quite a while, and we just decided we we're going to release this as a part one to interview number 10. We weren't quite through. I think we had about 45 minutes of runtime. I'm not exactly sure, but I wanted folks to hear the information. As usual, Jim has amazing insights and intel, so hopefully you folks will enjoy. And I also wanted to mention to folks, make sure you click the links in the description to check out PatriotUndergroundGold.com. As a matter of fact, Jim and I shared some ideas a little bit earlier in the day today, and he actually is advising folks to get into precious metals as well. We're going to talk about that during the interview, but unfortunately, we didn't get to it. So I just want everybody to understand how important it is to check out PatriotUndergroundGold.com to roll over your 401k and your IRA. Now is the time to do it, folks. As long as your money is tied up in the stock market, it is still at risk. And there are a lot of unanswered questions about the QFS. It's best to be prudent. Put yourself in a position to protect and possibly even capitalize on the transition into the new system. And I also wanted to mention really quickly, folks, PatriotSwitch.com slash PatriotUnderground, the best company out there for all your personal and household items. Click the link today. Align your financial resources with your political and your spiritual values, folks. This is a no-brainer for all the patriots out there. We're all ditching Walmart. Certainly, we're all ditching Target. And I'm going to talk more about that probably on an upcoming episode because it just gets worse and worse for them. But now is the moment, folks, where we really have to come together. You have to join this movement and reallocate your financial resources. This is a major aspect of this war. And this, of course, is directly aligned with a lot of the subjects that you hear Jim and I talk about regularly. So hopefully folks enjoy the show. Check out PatriotUnderground.shop, my merch store, a lot of great items in there, very reasonably priced. And if you like tonight's episode, folks, and you want to support my work, you can always click the link in the description to buy me a coffee. And you also have the option of becoming a member for $5 a month. You'll get access to the Patriot Underground chats. The next chat's coming up at the end of the month. Zoom link will be in there very shortly. So I'm very excited about that, folks. And thank you, everyone out there, for all of your support. God bless and Godspeed. Enjoy the show. Patriot out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is June 1st, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So tonight, I'm honored once again to welcome Jim Willie back to the show and certainly Jim doesn't need an introduction to this audience, but I will say that he is one of the top financial forecasters in the world. He is also the editor of the great website, golden-jackass.com, which I'm sure Jim will talk about a little bit later in the interview. But he is truly an incredible source of information, particularly with regard to what's happening in the financial world, the ongoing financial collapse. We're going to talk about that into some detail tonight. Now, I emailed Jim with a loaded question a little bit earlier today. And that's actually what prompted uh, tonight's interview. We hadn't really planned on this, but in essence, I asked uh, if the debt ceiling deal goes through and the default is somehow avoided, what effect does that have on treasury bonds? And Jim responded basically saying that in essence, my question had about seven different angles or sides to get into. So he offered to do a show to break it all down for us in the way that only he can. And I know that the audience is going to benefit from his analysis per usual as we discuss the current drama playing out ahead of what we all know is the inevitable collapse of the U.S. dollar and all the various associated pieces of the puzzle coming together. So, Jim, it's great to see you again. 
Well, it's good to be back, Patriot. I'll call you Pat or Patriot, whatever comes out. Um, I, I, I guess there was a question in there. I know what it is, and I'll, I'll, I'll respond to it. Um, oh, no, I was just kind preface. of setting it up, Jim. I, I have, uh, I have oh, other okay. questions. Go, all right. Okay. Yeah, but go okay. ahead. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. A, okay, I think. Preface, no, preface. I, yeah, it was just kind of a preface, a preface, just to kind of let folks know. But you know, continue. Okay, let me give you a preface on debt ceiling. Um, baby Bush, you know, the moron, dumb as a rock, um, who had no qualifications to become president, no qualification to be a governor of Texas. Um, he saw the debt double. Obama, who not even a U.S. citizen, had no qualifications, had no bill in the Congress while he was a senator, the joke that he was a senator, he had no bill with his name on it. Um, during the Obama administration, the debt doubled. Um, and I'd just like to put a little side comment that Joe Biden was in the Senate for something like 30, 40 years, and he had, didn't have a single piece of legislation with his name on it. So he had no qualifications either. And, and while we're at it, Hillary Rodham Clinton, the Rockefeller whore, um, she had no experience in politics whatsoever. Her qualifications for becoming a New York senator was that she was a female with female genitalia. I think those were her qualifications. That's what a lot of idiots in New York voted for. She's a woman. She's a woman. I'm going to vote for her. Yeah. Okay. You, you, sh you showed your stupidity. Um, okay. The debt ceiling. I've watched this. Oh, gosh. The same movie at least a dozen times in my adult life. And, you know, when I was in my late 20s, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Late 30s, mid 30s, late 30s. I didn't pay much attention to it. They resolved it. But I always read how they resolved it. And it was, well, there's some horse trading. There's three or four senators and committee uh, chairmen, chairwomen in the Congress. And uh, they got some pork uh, put on the budget. So we had a debt ceiling resolution that didn't reduce anything, but just made it all worse. But we got an agreement. <laughs> and it's all good. And we're all broke, but we got an agreement. We lifted the debt ceiling. Okay, this is a joke. This is a travesty of politics. They're playing with our money and they're throwing it away. Uh, their pigs are at the trough. Um, usually there's a deal that involves an increase to military spending. Usually there's a deal with three or four unusual items in there that we never truly figure out until a few years past. And that's where the pork lies. Um, this time is different because we got so many problems. Um, I'd like to make a quick comment. And, and I don't hear anybody talking like this, that the doctors became the second head of the fascist state. Uh, can, can we speak freely on, on the recording? I, I need oh, yeah. to know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. The, the doctors became the second head in the fascist state. And by doing a lockdown, they did tremendous harm to the bankers. 
the first head to the fascist state. So we have a two-headed fascist state. And the doctors pretty much gave a wink and a nod. And the bankers said, okay, well, we'll do a COVID stimulus for the banks. And, and that increased spending like Five trillion and then four trillion in 2020 and 21, with the stipulation that nobody could look at the details for 18 months. In other words, they're going to steal from the trough, add to the deficit, and make sure that the lights are turned off for 18 months. But now the doctors have done irreparable harm to the bankers the two-headed fascist beast because the, the, the bankers can't do it again. After the 18 months, people know uh, constituents contact their congressmen and their senators and say, no, don't want to do that again. So the banks are in trouble. The point is that the doctors rendered irreparable harm to the bankers. And now the bankers can't do anything about it. And we're starting to see the banks drop because their mortgages are gone bad. Their commercial mortgages have gone bad. Their business loans have gone bad. Everything has gone bad. And that's a consequence of the lockdown. Uh, you cannot lock down an economy. It's like, hey, hey, look, we, we got a healthy man there. Let's just put a bag over his head and 16 blankets on his body and, and leave him there for a week. And afterwards, we'll try to revive him. Well, he's permanently weakened and he might be dead. Right. But if you do that to 100 bodies, some of them are going to be dead. Some of them are going to be weakened. Some will get up again if they're extraordinarily strong. That's what's happened to the economy. Okay. When I saw the debt limit <clears throat> uh, debate come up, I thought, okay, well, They'll guarantee military spending, which has a little sidebar of Ukraine spending. And Ukraine aid goes to the Davos Uber Lords secret slush fund accounts. It goes to secret Ukrainian leaders slush fund account. And it goes toward weapons that never find their way to the Ukraine war. Yeah, They I go to Eastern too. Europe. Eastern Europe, they go to uh, black market weapons, right. and we don't know where the money goes. But I've been hearing more and more that weapons are going to Albania, and then they go to the next expected war front. Take your pick. What is it? Syria? Sudan? I don't know. Uh, I don't think that their plans are going to work. Okay. So why don't you get to a specific question? Because Absolutely. Um, sure. I believe that this debt limit has many different sides to it. Okay. Yeah, and, well, and this time it is different. It is different this time. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, in essence, what we're trying to get at here. So let, let me start, you know, kind of from the beginning. You know, we have all of this drama, of course, surrounding the debt, the default. But you've pointed out many times that the real issue has to do with treasury bonds. So I thought maybe we could start there and explain, you know, have you explain why amidst all this distraction about the debt ceiling, and all this discussion about defaulting on the debt, as well as the manipulation of interest rates. And of course, inflation is also a factor in there as well. But really, the fate of the Treasury bond 
you've said is really the key indicator of the collapse. So why don't we start there and just have you break that down, and then we can talk about what's actually going on surrounding the Treasury bonds. Okay, the Treasury bond. Well, the Treasury bond is a securitization, the creation of a security for the U.S. government deficits. There are new deficits we create by a magic wand. Uh, we create securities in the form of Treasury bonds, and we sell them in the market, or we don't sell them in the market. Okay, to begin with, the debt is something in the order, somewhere in the order of 31 or $32 trillion. I remember when it was $1 trillion when I was uh, coming out of the university, uh, my college days, and everybody thought a trillion dollars was pretty serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's $32 trillion and it's doubling every administration. You know, when it doubles under baby Bush and doubles under Obama, the Kenyan, uh, when do we start to think that this whole thing is a Ponzi scheme? Well, only the smart and alert people do. Okay. I have a client who did a consult call a few days ago and he brought up a website and I, I can't remember what it was. I remember the concept I'm overwhelmed with information. I try to keep the main items in mind and the important factors. Um, he said, Jim, we're already 400 billion over the debt limit. And this is not from juggling funds. We're over the debt limit. He, he, quite, he quoted a site that said, here is our current treasury debt. Okay, I'm not talking about US government accounting statements for the debt. I'm talking about the treasury debt because the accounting involves one-offs. Oh, we're not going to count that as part of the deficit because that's Ukraine spending. Oh, okay. Um, we're not going to count that because that we yeah, cooked the books. We're not going to count that because that was something that Joe Biden wanted in uh, with, with some of his corporations and we're trying to keep that quiet. So we're not going to count that either. Um, and, and besides, it went through a Caribbean shell. And uh, how do you even know about that? Okay, that's the kind of bullshit that's all through the budget. The Treasury debt is $400 billion above the limit right now. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> we are conducting Treasury auctions, which is the process of transferring debt to security and putting it on the market so that it gets financed. And right. two things are happening. One is we're not able to sell that much debt because there's too much of it and because foreigners don't want it. How do you sell $150 billion a month? You can't. Right. So the Treasury assigns the Fed to buy whatever is not sold. And that's what Zimbabwe and Chile did. And we know how that worked out. But, you know, now we're the exceptional nation and it's all wonderful and it's all good and it preserves our liberty. OK, that's the kind of bullshit we hear. Okay, The other side to the auction failures is that there are something like 15 or 13 banks and they're called primary dealers. And these primary dealers are under contract to buy and soak up whatever treasuries are not sold at the auction. 
And of course, they, they get a little elbow to the side where the Fed says, don't worry, we'll, we'll cover half that, but you got to cover the other half. Okay, these primary bond dealers are now lined up for bankruptcy. And I think one or two of them are going to fail. Okay, these are all little preliminary side aspects to the gigantic mess that we've created by what? Extraordinary debt. Let's just look at two items, Patriot, two in the last 40 years or more, like 45 years, we've had something like $20 trillion in military spending. And, and who's the main uh, critic for this? Jack Ma, the Chinese CEO of Alibaba. And he said two or three or four years ago, what have you gained from that, United States? Not much. That's one item. The other item is what I call the Rockefeller subsidy. And very few people look at it this way. I don't care that I look at it differently because I looked at it at a way that I believe is accurate, meaningful, relevant, and to the point. <clears throat> We spend $1.3 trillion a year on Medicare and Medicaid. Now, it doesn't go down the tubes, but I do believe that a lot of it is not well spent and a good deal of it is actually fraudulent. What I mean by that is the quality of medical care in the United States is not tip top anymore. And there are a lot of dead people from sure. medical accidents. More from medical accidents, Patriot, than car accidents. Okay. Wow. Wow. I didn't so know that. If, if you look at just the last 20 years since 9-11, you got $25 trillion spent on Medicare and Medicaid. Add the two together, you got 40 to $45 trillion on medical and military. All right, <clears throat> now, let's get to Treasury bonds in particular. Not sure how I really wish to lay this out, but let's just talk about the problem with foreigners, and let's talk about the problem domestically. Okay. The problem with foreigners is that they're dumping treasuries. Now, this may be hard for some people to believe, but I was told by an in an insider source for the NSA and other securities agencies in, in 2016 that foreign nation central banks are dumping on a small to medium scale treasury bonds. And to do so, they get their own domestic currency and they take a 30 to 35% haircut. Wow. And I asked, what's the volume on that? And he said, I don't know. It's not tiny, but it's not real big either. It's like small to mid size. Okay. Last 12 months, ending in January, the Japanese sold $240 billion worth of treasury bonds. I don't want to get into the entire Japanese story, but it did cause a lot of problems with their credit market, Japanese government bonds. 
It brought about a decline in their yen. That's contrary to what you might think. But the basis of all foreign, all Forex currencies is the dollar. The basis of all Forex currencies is the dollar. So when the Japanese sold a quarter of a trillion dollars of treasury bonds, they sold their currency down because the yen has a basis of the dollar. This is all contrary, right. but it's reality. The Japanese are dealing with a credit crisis and a currency crisis. And I don't wish to talk about that further. Let's just make a statement and move on. The Japanese are leading the world, our globe, with a quarter of a trillion in one year of the vessel state. So if our friends are dumping treasuries, and that includes France with 70 billion, you know, a third as much as the Japanese. We're not popular with our friends. Our debt is seen as toxic paper. Uh, I hope we have a good connection here, Patriot. Yeah, it's been a little I'm, bit I'm of lag, uns- but uh, I can I can hear you. You cut oh. out for a couple of seconds oh. there, but it's okay. So okay. far, so good. Our friends, like the Japanese and French, are selling our treasury bonds. They see it as toxic paper. Which okay. it is. That yeah. doesn't even address our enemies. We have a lot of treasury bonds, and I think it was about 10 or 12 years ago, maybe more, uh, maybe 20 years ago, that there were more than half of the treasury bonds in foreign hands. And that is a red light alarm uh, for any country because it means that you lose your sovereign control. It means right. foreigners can dictate your bankruptcy, your, your, your dissolution, your, your, your liquidation. They can undermine you. They can just shut you down. <clears throat> okay. There are a lot of other nations lining up to sell treasuries. They're called the BRICS, the Union, the BRICS Union. And I got word from a a pretty good source. Well, I shouldn't say it. From an excellent source that the May 23rd date for opening and launching the SCO Exchange, the Shanghai Co-op Organization Exchange, Mm -hmm. for bonds, currencies, precious metals, and energy, they said officially that there's a delay. They're going to be working on further bank connections and connectivity. And I am told that it was a bullshit, what do you call it, distraction message because they haven't delayed anything. They're just fortifying. I think what they're doing is they're launching in secrecy. And it's going to be several different nodes dumping treasury bonds and buying gold. But I'm focusing on the bonds. They've got this Project Sandman, which is a threat to sell $2 trillion by a group of companies, a group of uh, central banks within the BRICS union, $2 trillion in 24 hours. That is a threat that's worth more unused than used. Keep that in mind. By not using it, they keep the U.S. cabal managers and puppeteers at bay. This is very complex. Um Okay, what's the other side of treasuries? The fact that we're still running deficits. Okay, I talked about the securitization, the formation of securities. 
the creation of securities. But we're running tremendous deficits of at least $150 billion a month. And if you look closely at the balance sheet and at the details of our federal budget, you will see that in just these last two years plus, the Biden show has put a trillion dollars off the balance sheet. What we're saying here, what I'm saying here is that the deficit is much bigger than what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I ask you a point of clarification? Go ahead. Um, just, uh, I'm just curious because this was also something you had mentioned. Uh, we had an email exchange earlier and you had said, uh, essentially that, you know, as you've already pointed out, the U.S. Treasury bonds are already in default, and the general population, as you put it, of uh, unwashed ple- uh, plebeians hasn't been told that these countries are basically being given this uh, discount for receiving native funds upon the sale of Treasury bonds. And I think you were kind of alluding to that a moment ago, right? So can you elaborate on that a little yes. bit and explain how that works? Okay. I- okay. Okay. I, 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 I wanted to I'll, I'll get back I can table the, that. Uh, no, you know what? You know what? Just table that. I don't okay. I didn't mean to uh, if it's something. Uh... No, no, no. It, it's a really important point. Um, I believe that last December, a year ago, 2021. I got good word. That the Western the West Coast ports of the United States were having the Treasury bills rejected. By foreign suppliers. Mm-hmm. And there was a panic. And the Davos crew went into overdrive, provoked Russia, uh, ordered the massacre in the Donbass of any Russian-speaking citizens of Ukraine, which, by the way, has never really been part of Ukraine. Um, I mean, 100 years ago. And what they did was they provoked a Russian response that took the attention away from the treasury bill rejection. Now, oh, when you have okay. a treasury bill rejection at the ports, you don't have a default. It, it's kind of like you go to the racetrack and they say to you, well, I, I know you're a good Canadian citizen, but we don't want the Canadian dollar at Saratoga, New York. We don't want your Canadian dollar. Well, that's not a default for the Canadian currency. It's a rejection at a site and no more. But it's a very, very bad, dangerous signal because it happened at the biggest port in the United States, Long Beach, California. Okay, so I believe that the Treasury bond has been in deep, deep trouble for now 15, 16 months. And we got the Ukraine war to distract us. And it's done a very good job. And I don't know why a foreign nation like Korea would say, all right, well, we didn't want your treasury bill before, but now it's okay. Why is it okay now? Because of the Ukraine war. Okay, this is a very complex situation. But I have been told, yeah, I'm just going to tell you, Patriot, just one item that I heard. It was from a good source, a client with decent connections. And he said, Jim, I'm hearing that they're redeeming treasury bonds for 40 cents. I said, 
who's getting 40 cents? He said, I don't know. But a banker buddy told me this, and it's all on the QT. Mm. And I said, well, where is this happening? He said, I don't know. What country? I don't know. I said, you sure about this? Is this in volume? And he said, not sure, but it, it looks like the process has begun. And I thought, all right, let me put that on the wall. I itch, sorry. Um, let me put that on the wall. And, and let's see if I get any other corroborating story, anything else is consistent with that. And I've heard nothing in the last 10 days. 40 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's go back to something a little bit different, but same theme. <clears throat> Suppose a country, central bank, I, I like to think of, uh, thinking of central banks or sovereign wealth funds rather than corporations like a pension fund or an insurance company. I like the sovereigns. A central bank or sovereign wealth fund, like say in the Persian Gulf, the monarchies. <clears throat> they say, we wanna dump $10 billion worth of treasuries. Well, we don't want dollars. We're dumping your treasuries. We don't want dollars. Don't give us treasury bills that have one month's duration. We don't want anything that's dollar. We don't want Cash dollar. We don't want dollars. You get it? Are you listening? <clears throat> That's what's coming. So if they don't want dollars, what are they going to get in return if they sell $10 billion of treasuries? Significantly less. No, no, no. In what form will they be paid? What will they receive? In what form will they get money? What will their proceeds be if it's not dollars? What will they be? And I'm getting indications, and I'm putting it together myself, and I'm bouncing it off my colleagues, and I got a couple of two or three really sharp colleagues, and one of them said to me, Jim, I think you got the rough outline correct on this. They'll be doing dollar swaps, and they might be at a discount. So Korea, I love Korea. I love Korea, not as the country. I like it as an example because it's not a major Asian country, but it is a strong exporter. And the lockdown has eliminated their trade surplus. They're now in deficits every year, every month. Okay, so what is Korea? Their currency is called the won, W-O-N. So what are they going to get? I am of the opinion, and it's in concert with some of my colleagues that the Koreans are going to say, we don't want dollars, we'll take one. And if they take one and a dollar swap, there's going to be haggling. And the haggling is going to be ugly and difficult. But the U.S. Department of Treasury might say, we're not going to give you 100 cents on the dollar in a transfer dollar swap to one. You're going to have to take a discount for that privilege. And that's essentially saying you got to take a bond haircut. Okay. So right. I'm thinking that they might get 65 cents on the dollar after converting to their Korean won. This is a default. These are characteristics of a default. You never get a bond haircut unless there's a default. It's like and a discount to get rid of it. But there's more to this. The United States might say to them, 
well, you're going to have to take 40 cents on the dollar. And Korea might say, no way, Jose. We want at least 75 or 80 cents on the dollar. We know someone who got 70 cents last two months ago. And the U.S. will say, you take 40 cents or we're going to do naval exercises off your coast. Threaten them militarily. I've been saying for 20 years, the dollar does not have a tangible backing except for oil and in a de facto way. But we are backing the dollar with military might. We threaten countries. You go along with it. Or we will do what we did to Venezuela. We will do to you what we did to Turkey. We will do to you what we did to Iran. We will destroy your currency. And we know how, and you can't stop us. I think there are going to be threats for military action. I think there'll be threats hidden like, well, we can't really protect you from a missile strike because we're going to back off on the security umbrella. That's kind of like saying to a man, you better do that because, you know, your little girl is at risk coming home from school. That's the micro. I gave you the macro for Korea. This is going to get ugly. <clears throat> all right. Okay. I think we're already in the room for bond discount haircuts, Patrick. This, I think, has begun. And we will be last to be told this is something that will be kept quiet for national security. And remember, there was a, I don't know what it was. I don't think it was the Patriot Act. I think it was an 05 uh, Bush, baby Bush Act that uh, falsified accounting can be done for the financial institutions for the purposes of national security. Yeah, that's always their answer to everything, right? So let me ask you this, Jim. And you, you describe what was happening in Japan. Are they getting 100 cents on the dollar as they're dumping their treasury bonds right now, to your knowledge? I mean, is this haircut process started or we're not in the we're kind of like getting into the barbershop. We haven't actually gone and had our haircut yet. I th I think Japan had to take discounts. That's my opinion. OK, now keep in mind that they're vassal state. They do what they're told. They have no military. But they are now, they have begun the process of building a military. And they're building the military partly with sold treasury bonds. You can do a lot of military hardware purchases with a trillion dollars in treasury bonds. The irony that I see is that even with or without a discount, the treasury bonds are going to be converted to gold and military hardware. Mm -hmm. Is that ugly or what? Is that ironic it, or what? It is very ironic. And also, I, I think it's also going to push uh, these countries right into the arms of, of BRICS anyway, simply for security reasons. Because if they're if the U.S. Absolutely. is uh, threatening military action, that's just going to, I think, underscore the I need. I heard the Japanese are already knocking at the door. And here's my my take on it. The Japanese are acting like brick countries. They're dumping treasuries and they're buying gold. They're acting. They're doing. It's not like, hey, look, we want an application. What do we do? And they say, well, you know, dump treasuries and buy gold. They're doing that and then being favorably viewed 
by the BRICS nations as a great candidate for the future that will require much arm twisting. <clears throat> Unbelievable. And I'm not saying that Japan is going to align with China, but what they might do is defend themselves against the United States. Who do you think did Fukushima, guys? Mm -hmm. It's time for people to really wake up. Absolutely. The defense of the dollar has been some of the most violent in modern history. Um, it's endless war. Fukushima was done by the Rockefellers, uh, the Bush uh, engineers, the cartel of engineers. They killed all the platform construction crew so they couldn't talk. They put micro nukes underground, uh, underwater, <clears throat> and they set them off. And that created the Fukushima disaster. So J Japan is not really in a position to pound their chest and say, we're going to challenge you, United States. What they're doing is baby steps. <clears throat> okay, I think the Treasury bond default has begun. I think the U.S. government debt default has begun. <clears throat> and the fact that they're doing patch jobs and compromises and this and that, it is all for show. That's my opinion. All for show. Because if you dig down and go below the surface, you'll see that it, it has already begun, the debt default. And what I think it's going to do is hasten the BRICS nations for more treasury bond sales. Now, okay. there are other aspects to this, and, and one that I find intriguing is the debt rating downgrade. Oh, and yeah. this is something okay, that, ask you about that my colleague, my colleague, uh, <clears throat> I call him your Raj. He's a great guy. He's a funny fella. He's, he's consistently brilliant. And, and so are a couple of other my guys. But we got our little roles, you know. There's three or four or five of us. And, <clears throat> you know, one guy specializes in monetary policy and banks and, you know, budget aspects and debt and treasuries. And another one focuses on just digging up all kinds of information. By the way, I didn't mention it, but the credit default swap <clears throat> for the U.S. government debt went, this was two weeks old. I don't know what it done since, but it's only going up. It hit 160 basis points, Patrick. The credit default swap for the U.S. Treasuries. That's an insurance policy for default. Normal is 10 to 15 basis points. It's now 160 and rising. A month ago, when I did the April newsletter, it was 115. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it could have come down a little bit with that farce of a debt resolution that were talk, was talked about. Doesn't matter that it was a farce. Doesn't matter that it was, you know, kind of phony. Doesn't matter that under the surface is a default. It, it's show. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Here's a funny question. If a corporate bond like Lehman or, you know, XYZ Corp, out of California, if they have a default and the credit default swap swaps them into a treasury from the corporate bond, the bond went bad, they got insurance, they got paid back in full with treasuries. 
That's what a credit default swap is. It's an insurance policy against the default of your bond. Well, <laughs> where do you get paid if there's a treasury bond default? Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> how, how exactly, where does that come from? Where does that money come from? They get paid a euro bond. <laughs> what do the euro bond credit default swap holders get if there's a euro bond failure? They get a treasury bond. <laughs> what you have here is two legless men shaking hands, arm in arm, running down the street to a dead end. Legless men, arm in arm, running down a dead end street. Now, not a great metaphor, but. That's all I can come up with at the spur of the moment. I think we get it. I think we get the picture. Absolutely. Well, can I ask okay. you? Um, I, well, I, well, why don't you continue, and then I'll I'll wait until you're. Because uh, I want to make sure you we explore all different sides of this here. So go ahead. There's a war going on. A war between the European banks and the American banks, because if we can do harm to them and buy three or six months for us, we'll do it. We'll do it. So <laughs> this is so, they, so are, are you saying, ugly. So, I mean, but aren't they what? all on the same team? Isn't it just one big cabal or are they no! is this basically? No. Okay. I've said that for two straight months now, Patrick. We have sharks in the tank and the European sharks are damaged more. Look at Switzerland, Credit Suisse. And what's damaged in the United States? Do we have a giant that's damaged? No, we got Silicon Valley Bank, which is a story in itself that has been unfolding further in the last two months. We got First Republic. We got Signature. We, we got now a group of 10 more banks that are in trouble, but no Wall Street Bank. We had the giant Credit Suisse enter failure and they're they're struggling like crazy to prevent uh, a failure and that has to do with narco money laundering sharp reduction not in the news why would they put that in the news why would the narco monopoly organization put that credit swiss is suffering from narco money laundering reduction when the same organization controls the news. Think about that. Okay, my point for the last two months has been that the Fed and the Wall Street banks, and remember now, the Fed is no longer independent. They're part of the US Department of Treasury. They're like an adjunct. Mm -hmm. And the Wall Street bank control the US government since 9-11, that's what it's all about. It's a banker coup of the US government. That's what 9-11 was all about. Wake up, people! <clears throat> so you have the Fed and Wall Street at war with the European and the Swiss banks. The Fed okay. can print money. The Euro Central Bank only recently gave itself the right to print money. This is a very big and unspoken development. The Euro Central Bank is printing money now. They just declared that right. Why? Because they, <laughs> they want to prevent their big banks from going down. 
there's a banker war going on. The U.S. is at war with Europe. So what we're trying to do now, Patriot, <clears throat> is preserve the Treasury bond by harming the euro bond and by harming the euro dollar. European banks are far more complicated than American banks. They hold treasury bonds in their banks. They hold treasury bills in their banks. They're called euro dollars. Right. Uh -huh. I know euro dollar is a strange name. I, I, I thought I, I studied that back in the mid 90s. What the heck is a euro dollar? More and more and more and more and more. I look, Barron's explained it's not a currency. It's usually a short-term treasury, U.S. treasury, bill held in a European bank. It's called the euro dollar. Janet Yellen just made a claim, a, a declaration, a week ago, that euro dollars will not be honored in the United States. She declared them worthless in the United States, she declared U.S. Treasury bills held by European banks worthless in the United States. Patriot, that's war. It is. It absolutely. Well, you know, my question really, I, I think, was to rephrase it, not necessarily that they're all on the same side now, but it's kind of like rats on a sinking ship and they're kind of going after one another. But this is I mean, the European central banks and the U.S. central banks are, I mean, they're both cabal, right? That's kind of what I was suggesting. But they're cabal, but, you know, the old phrase of sharks eating sharks, this is now at work. They're all cabal. But you think the Americans are going to want to say, we'll go down with you, our fellow cabal Europeans, when no, we can no, damage sure. you and buy six more months? There's no loyalty among thieves when they're all under assault. Absolutely. Point well taken. I get it. We're at the point. We're at the point. They did damage to Credit Suisse so that some of the money can come to the United States. Okay. When enough of the money came to the United States, they said, okay, the door is shut. We're not taking any more of your euro dollars. They are worthless. And I got news for Europe. They're not going to be able to sell them in Asia either. They're going to eat the treasury bills in the European. They're going to default on treasuries in Europe that they couldn't get out of the euro dollar form. This is war. <clears throat> okay. This, what they would like to do <laughs> is transfer the euro dollars into gold. But the holders of gold will not take euro dollars. They will not take the treasuries held in European banks. Why? Because they cannot issue dollar swaps. Only the U.S. government can do that. They can maybe issue euro swaps, and let's see if they do that. Oh, <laughs> that would be interesting. Know, this, is, 
This is a tragic comedy. Yeah, it We're is. going to see the largest transfer of wealth in the history of mankind from treasuries to gold. Now, I, I, I open. Did, any other questions about treasuries that you want me to address? Because, you know, although this is intriguing and interesting, nothing is definitive. Uh, a number of things that I said are quite clear and a few things that I said are a bit of speculation, but this is wild. Well, let me ask you this, Jim. You brought up uh, Project Sandman, and um, you also mentioned uh, the downgrading of the U.S. debt, which I think are both interesting. I had some questions on those, but as far as Project Sandman goes, I think probably most of the audience is aware. I think it's something like did you say 200 nations or is it not quite? I don't know. Is, is it maybe over 100? Well, I can't remember. There are 50 nations in the BRICS, but there a year or two ago, there were 115 that were like in tow, uh, in the parade, following the BRICS MO, modus operandi. There were 50 in BRICS and 100. 15 and maybe now like 80 or 100 more that are in the parade following their methods so <clears throat> okay all right so you've got a those are the, a lot those are the sandman participants yeah okay so let's just say and, they and decide here, here, here's a quick a quick item before i forget iran is now back in opec okay do you want to talk about that there are a lot of things happening Everything is moving very quickly. Syria well, is back it. in the Arab League of Nations. Iraq just en ended all dollar usage. Iran is now in OPEC. Saudi is running OPEC, but they're taking orders from the Kremlin and Russia. Okay, what, what is mm -hmm. your question? I, I'll do the best okay. I can. No, it's fine. Uh, we can come back to Iran and OPEC if you want to talk about that. My, basically, my question was this. If Project Sandman... Actually, if you know if the if they pull the trigger on this, and they dump the treasury bonds overnight, what plays out in the United States when that happens? I mean, what what are we going to see? Because that's a scenario that is really probably the, the the worst nightmare of the enemy, right? So if that does happen and they dump these treasury bonds in mass, that's going to bring the cabal to its knees. But can you explain to us, sort of from a technical standpoint, why and how? Well, I've got a concept that I've come up with, and I haven't heard anybody <laughs> mention this as such. It's called the bad bank. Um, if you have a big company acquiring a smaller company because they're in trouble, they create a category for accounting purposes with the new larger conglomerate after the merger, they create a category, they call it the bad bank. And they're, they're sifting through assets. I'll get to your answer, your question. They're sifting through assets and they decide, well, we could sell some, this for something. This is a real good one. We'll keep it. We can sell that for something, but oh boy, all this, that's, uh, we'll be lucky to get five or 10 cents on the dollar. And, and those are gonna be liquidation items. Okay, they put the bad items, they put the deeply impaired assets. Most of them are financial. Like after Lehman, it was the collateralized debt obligations. It was certain, you know, 
<laughs> double A mortgage type finance bonds that were rubbish, falsely rated. They, they got 20 cents on the dollar on double A, triple A rubbish. Okay. They create a bad bank as a category, an accounting category, a place like a gar think of garbage can. Um, and right now, JP Morgan is building their bad bank because they've acquired Signature, they've acquired Silicon Valley, they've acquired First Republic. They laid off a thousand First Republic bank officers. <laughs> You're gone. We're not a lending institution anymore. We're a garbage can. Um, my call that nobody has been talking about is that the Federal Reserve is going to be taking on a new role for the Department of Treasury. They're going to soak up the heavily, the heavy volume in Treasury bond dumping. Now, I gave you an example of France and Korea selling $10 billion suddenly. Now, your question really is, what if you got 13 or 14 countries and their sovereigns, whether they're sovereign wealth funds or central banks, their sovereigns are selling eight, 10, $15 billion a shot. And that comes to over a hundred billion dollars. Now it's not 2 trillion, 2 trillion is 2000 billion. What if they just see a couple hundred billion sold. What are they going to do? How's that going to play out? Well, that puts the cabal into panic mode. They stop everything. They might not even have their late Saturday rituals underground with underage people being tortured and killed. Um, <clears throat> they might put that off for a while because they're in an emergency mode. What I think is going to happen, Patrick, is the Fed is going to get authorization suddenly on an emergency meeting basis that they can soak up the $100 billion and put it on their balance sheet. And, and keep in mind, what has happened to the Fed balance sheet in the last two or three years? It's gone from two plus trillion to nine. So... What's a couple hundred billion among friends on the Fed balance sheet? It, it's like it's like a chihuahua jumping on the horse's back. <clears throat> but if that continues where every month or every two or three weeks, there's another hundred billion and they don't go to Project Sandman, they threaten Sandman and they give you a gradual Sandman, where over a year and a half period, you get the two trillion. That's what I think is gonna happen. They're gonna threaten mass, and they're gonna give you big buckets. But I think what'll happen is the Fed will expand their balance sheet so that in a year or two, it's not nine trillion, it'll be 12, it'll be 13. And then the Fed is gonna get a new nickname of being the U.S. government bad bank. Oh, okay. That's where the treasuries will go home to die. That's where the U.S. Treasury Department, U.S. Department of Treasury, <clears throat> will actually have sales. Hey, Sri Lanka, 
You want to buy some treasuries? 80% discount. Come on down. <clears throat> That's very likely. They're going to have discount auctions secretly done to dump treasuries on whatever fool, moron, idiot, reckless wealth manager might actually entertain the notion that they could rise in value. But this is a debt default. And, and who was it? I think it was Ben Fulford said, we have to go through a chapter 11 bankruptcy. <clears throat> what, what he's saying is not a seven bankruptcy. Chapter seven is restructure. Chapter 11 is liquidate and, and just see what you've got. Put it all on the table, shove all that worthless junk into the bad bank, the Fed as bad bank. And, and the rest, like national parks, um, oil deposits out west in Texas, federally owned. I think if you go to federally owned land, it, it's largely Nevada. <clears throat> That's why we have our laboratories and our underground facilities there, because they're federal. We don't have to get permission from Nevada. Uh, <clears throat> but I think this is how we lose Alaska, for instance. It's how we might lose Hawaii, for instance. Those are the gems. It's Alaska for the minerals and resources, the metal and the energy. It's Hawaii for the port, strategic port location. We're going to see, I think, a chapter 11, and I'm going to put in a zinger here because I'm not all negative. 